It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. Today's current opinions and ideas. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. Is it freedom or is it force? Let's have a conversation. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Indeed, it is hump day, and welcome to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Thank you so much for joining us. You're each treasured, valued. You have purpose today. Strive for excellence. Take care of your heart, your soul, your mind, and your body. You were made for this moment. Thank you to this team that I get to work with, and that's producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, Charlie, uh, Jen, Echo, and all the people here at Crawford Broadcasting. Happy Wednesday to you, producer Steve. Almost. <laughs> I know. I know. I tell you what, you are one of the best in the business. If you see me disappear out of the window, you'll, you'll know where I'm at. <laughs> a little under the weather, but you showed up, and that's a really important thing. If you don't show up, we're not on the air, Producer Steve. <laughs> yeah. So thank you. Thank you for all you do. Uh, be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You'll get first look at all of our upcoming guests as well as our most recent op-eds and podcasts. You can email me at kim at kimmunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. Uh, We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Socialism is not about free stuff, my friends. Socialism is, uh, or actually the free stuff is just the carrot to get you to vote for that. And ultimately, it is never compassionate to take other people's rights, their property, their freedom, or their livelihood via force, whether with, with, a, whether with a weapon, which we're seeing that play out in Ukraine right now, uh, policy unpredictable and excessive taxation, fear, coercion, or the latest silent thief, which is government-induced inflation, which we see uh, playing out right now in our country. Uh, and um, so that's why we're doing this show, is to help you get your brains around these issues Uh, so that you can engage with your friends and your family and colleagues uh, in this battle of ideas that uh, is occurring. As you all know, we started our second hour. We have two hours, 6 to 8 a.m., Monday through Friday now. We've got a big show planned for you today. And the Encore broadcast, the way those work, is the first hour will be rebroadcast in the afternoon, 1 to 2 p.m., and the second hour in the evening, 10 to 11 p.m. By the end of the day, we will have our... Uh, our actual our podcast and all the information about the show posted as well. So the whole team is working really hard to bring this to you uh, on a very timely basis. We've got a full studio today, and I'm so excited to have in in studio with me. First of all, Greg Lopez, you are running for governor here in Colorado on the Republican side. It's great to have you here. Thank you for having me, Kim. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. And we don't have him mic'd up, but uh, Max Garcia, who is uh, your chaplain and advisor, is here as well. And uh, nod to you, Max. It's great to have you here. And then Laura Hyatt, you, it's great to have you here as well. And you are Greg's communications uh, manager, correct? Is yes, that indeed. The, well, communications director, but yep, that's Director. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to be... <laughs> We got a lot to talk about. Yes, we do. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about our quote of the day. 
And with the subjects that we have going on, our elections, in the second hour, we'll be talking with Molly Hemingway. She is the man, or excuse me, the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, and she's written a book called Rigged regarding the 2020 election. And its uh, title is How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. And I, I thought that was interesting. She used the, uses the word seized. But we're going to bring this to Colorado with what's happening here. Before we do that, though, our quote for the day is from Samuel Adams. He was born in 1722. He died in 1803. He was an American statesman, political philosopher, and one of the founding fathers of the United States. He was a politician in colonial Massachusetts, a leader of the movement that became the American Revolution, and one of the architects of the principles of American republicanism that shaped the political culture of the United States. He was a second cousin to his fellow founding father, President John Adams. And this is what he said. And Greg, I'll ask you, and then Laura, I'll ask you what you think about this. It is no dishonor to be in the minority in the cause of liberty and virtue. What do you think about that, Greg Lopez? Yeah, I love that quote because it is about being strong and not afraid to be, you know, the one person that's telling the truth, you know, the fighting for our freedom. You know, it's so easy, Kim, as you know, for people just to kind of go with the masses because they don't want to create conflict. But this is what it's all about is the power of one, someone that has a strong voice to make sure that people understand that there is importance in being able to to have free speech and i think that's what the founding fathers were all about when they said the first amendment is we are entitled to free speech and we'll be talking about that in just a moment so laura hyatt your thoughts on samuel adams quote it is no dishonor to be in a minority in the cause of liberty and virtue so that brings to mind that we live in this time of subjectivity. We live in this time of relative moral, mor- morality, relative everything. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own truth. But in reality, there is one objective truth. And to speak out with that truth and to stand up for that truth does a great service to society. And to go along with just what everybody says because it's popular, it ultimately is so harmful. And it's not worth it in the long run. I really do think that people are waking waking up. Mm-hmm. And I grew up in, in this movement towards this relativity. And you have your truth. I have my truth. But then I realized your truth may be that two and two is five. But the real truth is two and two is four. And it always will be four. And uh, so we, we have to realize that, Greg, if your truth is that two and two is six... <laughs> Good luck to you, but <laughs> that's not going to work out so well, right? That's right. That's right. So that is why I think there is this great awakening, not awakening, but awakening to what is occurring in our country. And it's exciting to me, Greg Lopez, to see so many everyday people stepping forward to run for office. And uh, I know you've been out on the campaign trail and, and just a note out there to all of you, any candidate that reaches out to me, I will put them on the show because I feel it's important that the, you, the listeners, get to hear these candidates from more than just sound bites. Right. But aren't you impressed with the people that are stepping forward, wanting to run for, I'm not, I won't say wanting to run for office, but are running for office? Yes, I am. You know, and, and this is what it's about. 
everyone deep down understands what the truth is. And they're starting to realize that, you know what, we're losing our freedoms. And so we have individuals that are passionate about protecting their freedoms and passionate about what our country stands for. And they're stepping forward. You know, and that's really exciting. As I travel the state, Kim, I see more energy from people. The groups are getting bigger. More people are stepping forward and saying, what can I do to help? What can I do to make a difference? Like you said, people are starting to wake up. And, and I see that. It's exciting. I, I feel that we're on this time clock, though. And we'll talk about that a bit more. Uh, just to, to let you all know how this show's going to, to go is in the second segment, uh, John Anderson, candidate for Douglas County Sheriff, will join us. We will be featuring Greg and Laura in the third and fourth segment. Uh, then in the second hour, we'll again go through uh, Bill of the Day and our quote. And then Molly Hemingway will be with us. And then Collins. This is a new thing for us. And uh, the number is 303-477-5600. And Monday through Thursday, we'd like you to comment on something that we've talked about during the show. Then Friday, in the spirit of Rush Limbaugh, will be an open line Friday. And I'm just going to give a quick teaser on the bill of the day because, Greg, I really want to talk more about this with you. Mm-hmm. And this is Senate Bill 22-153. It's internal election security measures. And uh, basically, this would make it very difficult for everyday people to, uh, I, I think, um, monitor elections, be election judges, um, watch what's going on there, as well as I think it would will constrain county clerks, freedom of speech. This is very concerning. And Greg, as I've watched what this they're doing down at this legislature with the, also this governor, they act like they'll never lose in another another election. That's true. And if you have these onerous kinds of things passed, they will never lose another election. This is so antithetical to the American idea. So we'll bite, bite that off uh, in just a little bit as well. A couple of things I want you to know about. Next, uh, let's see, I guess it would be next Tuesday, the 22nd, the Colorado Hispanic Republicans are hosting a senatorial forum. And that information is on their website. That's March 22nd. I have the great honor of, of uh, moderating that. And then March 26th, Helen Raleigh, and she's uh, nationally known. Um, she writes for the Federalist. She's on many of the national news shows. She and I are doing a media training workshop to help, uh, help people, whether or not they're candidates or working in a campaign or just really want to be able to communicate with others uh, in a more effective manner. Uh, we're having our media training workshop. It is a limited number. We'd love to have you join us. And Laura Hyatt, you were in our first group, and what did you think of it? I thought it was great. I, I better sound good, otherwise. <laughs> it's true that. <laughs> otherwise, I'll make you guys look bad. But we covered so much. We covered etiquette, process, um, even how to organize your thoughts and, and dress for for any type of interview, different types of interviews. We did a mini workshop that was really great. I wish that had been longer. I think I said that because, I mean, I think that's so helpful to be able to actually practice it. Um, I mean, Helen has a fabulous sense of humor. She's an incredible writer. And I felt like I learned a lot in in just those couple of hours. Okay, well, great. Really good. So be sure and sign up. We'd love to have you join us. Our next one is March 26th. And uh, the show comes to you because... So many of you support us, and then I get to work with a lot of great partners. And a partner that's been with us for quite some time is Hooters Restaurants. They support both this show 
and America's Veterans Stories, and we recorded our America's Veterans Stories for this week yesterday with Earl Ridgway, and he was he's a Korean War veteran, at the, and he joined in the, the Army in 1949. 1950, he finds himself in Korea uh, going on to the shores at Incheon, and fascinating interview. And uh, so it, it, it's just a great honor to get to do that. Hooters Restaurants has been a partner of mine with both of these shows for quite some time. And they have five locations. That's Lone Tree, Westminster, Aurora, Colorado Springs, and Loveland. And today is Wednesday, so it's Wings Day at Hooters Restaurants. You buy 20 wings, you get 10 for free. And that's on any of their wings. I particularly like their smoked wings, uh, but uh, that's for dine-in and to-go. And then also, it's March Madness, and they have a lot of March Magic specials. So be sure and check that out at each of their stores as well. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll continue. We have uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate Greg Lopez is in studio, as well as his communications director, Laura Hyatt and his chaplain and special advisor. That's Max Garcia. And uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. I so appreciate you. On the line with us is John Anderson, and he is a candidate for Douglas County Sheriff. Uh, and we're coming into many of the county assemblies and uh, wanted to get John on. He uh, reached out to us and uh, just talk about these things that are really on my heart. John Anderson, welcome to the show. Good morning, Kim. How are you? It's great to be back. Thank well, you for inviting me. It's great to have you here, John. And we're going to be talking uh, about what's been going on down at the legislature with Greg Lopez and Laura Hyatt here in the, the next segments. But I have looked at the, what's happening down at the legislature, John, and it looks to me like they're acting like they will never lose. When I say no, they, I mean the radical activist Democrats will never lose another election. And what now I can't remember what year it was, but that red flag law that was passed down at the legislature, I read it and I'm like, this is so against our Bill of Rights. This is so against our our Second Amendment. And I'm so concerned that that was passed. What's your thoughts on the red flag law, John Anderson? Well, that was House Bill 191177. And uh, I, th- I think I've made it very clear to everyone. <laughs> That's what got me back into this race. Is you're not going to retire after 40 years. Uh, that uh, I was dis- very disappointed that Sarah Spurlock is up for command, uh, joined the Democrats on uh, that House bill and got it passed. 
it's uh, unconstitutional. And go ahead, Kim. Sorry. John, as I read that, I and I realized I did not read the final bill, but in in this red flag bill, and that was House Bill 19, so that was passed in 2019, 1177. In essence, it, it there's there's no due process in that particular bill, and due process is something that is so inherent in our Constitution that if some if you're accused of something that you would have due process on that accusation. And this red flag law, from what I read, has no due process, John. No, you read it absolutely correct, and, and that was uh, the whole point of it, is, is it's unconstitutional, no due process. You know, the, uh, the complainant, I guess we'll call it complainant, can go to an, uh, even call in to a judge or what have you, and the judge will uh, listen to it and based on uh, 50% of the, a little bit more than 50% of the ponderance of the evidence, you can issue a warrant, search warrant, and the police can come and, and confiscate your guns, go to your house, and then uh, you got two weeks before the hearing, and during that time, you know, you're, you're guilty until proven innocent. You have to prove yourself innocent. That's not due process. And that's so antithetical to the American idea, which... Uh, we're dancing around the Constitution, then, and that is the next question: constitutional sheriff, uh, being a constitutional sheriff. Where do you stand on that, John Anderson? Uh, I'm very solid on it, Ken. And, and uh, again, that's why I'm here. And you know, you may not know this, but uh, the Douglas County GOP wrote, drafted a, a resolution condemning uh, what Spurlock's actions was back then, because uh, they went right down. I have a copy of the resolution, but anyway. Um, Sadly, uh, both my opponents and, and several other candidates to this day um, uh, oppose that resolution that was drafted by our constitutional county and the GOP and our commissioners, uh, which you know is very disappointing, and that's why I'm here. Let's talk about crime. Colorado is number one, from my understanding, in car thefts, and if a young, a, a single mom has her car stolen. That, that changes her life significantly. Uh, and it changes the lives of each and every one of us on how we take care of our families, get to work. Uh, and I'm just shocked that Colorado is number one in this. The, the crime is increasing so much here in the metro area. What's your comments about that, John? Well, my comments about that, you know, for the surrounding areas around uh, Douglas County, it's, it's hard to, uh, to address that. But I can tell you that Douglas County we can address it because um, I, I can share this with you. You know, crime is a different number of levels. And I tell you what I'm going to do. You know, 16 years ago, there were 11 deputies on the street, on the roads, days, swings. Each each one had days, swings, and graveyards. Only had 11 less on graveyards. Fast forward 16 years, Kim, those numbers are still identical. There's still only 11 on days, 11 on swings, and less on graveyards. That is ludicrous, ludicrous. And, and, and the... Um, uh, our tax dollars and our commissioners have uh, allocated more money for those road positions, but where's that money going? You know, no, we're not sure because they have been proved to have more deputies on there. The other thing, too, that uh, we can fight crime is, is, you know, I think the men and women in the uniform do a great job arresting these people. They're way outnumbered. They need to, we need to even that up. And it goes to John Kellner's office, district attorney. He does a great job, great job on filing cases and doing what he can to put them away. But here's the catch, the revolving door of the boomerang, Operation Boomerang, what I call it, is the courts and the judges. And these judges, uh, I have, I'm learning as I go uh, through good friends, you know, who are 
noticing or have been noticing judges allow these people with felons, felons, out on PR bonds, personal recognizances, meaning they're not putting money down, they just get right back out. So what I'm going to do when I'm your next sheriff is you know, when you get your ballot, you always see that list of judges and you wonder, who are these people? Which box do I check? I tell you, we're going to find out. We're going to, we're going to look into every judge and we're going to look at their, their, their records and look at their bonding records and we're going to see who they are. We're going to identify them. When I'm your next sheriff, I'm going to post it up on the, on the website who not to vote for, who's letting these people out. They're more part of the crime problem than anything else. That's interesting because, uh, John, I do a, a, a voter's guide. Uh, typically, I don't talk about candidates, although this last time around we did uh, actually recommend school board candidates. But normally I I'm, I'm talk about the issues, but I have so many people that reach out regarding questions on the judges. And I have not had the bandwidth to really do the research on that. And I think that that's important that people understand this. And, and I guess in, if you're in law enforcement, you're going to know uh, the, kind of the record of these judges. So I think that's pretty creative, John. Yeah, no, I think it's, it's important that we do this because, I mean, that's where the buck stops. And that's where it needs to stop. I think, I think we get the right judges in there that uh, Douglas County can <laughs> begins to be known as the crime-fighting county and the constitutional county. And I think it's very critical that that's uh, a lot of it right there. Well, and ultimately what happens with crime, no matter whether or not you have a D or an unaffil- you're unaffiliated, libertarian, Republican, the, the, the basis, the foundation of any society is safe communities. And people then will vote with their feet. Ultimately, I mean, I hardly ever go into Denver anymore. I used to love to go into Denver. I used to love to go down to downtown Denver. Used to love to go to the games down there. I don't really want to go into Denver anymore. And I know many people that want to move out. And my understanding is, is there's a lot of people moving out to uh, more rural areas as well because they want to get away from crime. And so that is a, it's a very important foundational component of a, of a community, John. Oh, absolutely. And, and that, you know, when I, uh, when I am your next sheriff, we're going to create what we call community policing. And then the county will be broken down into communities. And each, each community will have their own uh, permanent deputies assigned to that community. Something else, too, that I think is very critical and important because it's slipping away from us is uh, I'm going to also do constitutional policing. And that starts at the top. And what we're going to have there, we're going to have two separate boards that will consist of maybe a dozen on each board of, of uh, citizens from Douglas County. And that board is going to be nicknamed We the People, the Constitutional Sheriff's People. And any time a program comes up that may be deemed a little unconstitutional by some, but some say it's okay, these boards will decide, will hear the whole thing, and they'll decide what's constitutional in Douglas County. Then, the, then it works down. Then, then it works down. Starts at the top, works down to the communities with the deputies. Uh, well, I, it's too, I don't have much time to tell you on the, on the phone, but it's a great program. It's going gonna, it's gonna to enhance uh, what our country's all about, what Douglas County's all about, and uh, we're going to start gaining strength in that, in that area again. John, that sounds creative. I have to tell you, being on city council and seeing all these different boards and commissions, I'm, I would have to look at that a little bit more to say that I really like, I love the word constitution, but I'm reticent on board, so you and I may have to have additional conversations on that one, John. Well, we, we can do it, John, but I know some good people, including yourself, because I know how staunch you are in the Constitution. We're both a team <laughs> on that that could sit down, you know, 
and, uh, and and talk about things that I think that are very critical. Because just because I'm the sheriff, that doesn't mean that I'm I'm going to be 100% right all the time. You know, I'm human and we make mistakes, but I need the help from the people who put me there to make sure we make the right decisions. Okay, okay. Well, we'll talk some more. You're you're starting to maybe convince me a little bit on that, John. But maybe it's because you said I could maybe be on one of those. So <laughs> I'd love to talk to you. About <laughs> okay. Well, uh, we've got just a couple of minutes left. Final thought that you'd like to leave with our listeners, John, as well as how people can get more information about you. Well, the best way to find out about me is give me a call. I'll even give you my cell phone number: three zero three six zero one zero eight two seven. Uh, I'm passionate about talking to everybody about uh, what we want to do and change Douglas County. My website is johnandersonforsheriff.com, and that's uh, F-O-R, johnandersonforsheriff.com. Okay, and again, that uh, cell phone number is 303-601-0827, correct? Yes, yes, ma'am. Okay, and johnandersonforsheriff.com. John Anderson, thank you so much for joining us. You bet. Thank you for having me, Kim. Okay. And uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll, uh, we have in studio Republican gubernatorial candidate, and that is Greg Lopez. His communications director, Laura Hyatt, is in studio, as well as his chaplain and special advisor, Max Garcia. You won't want to miss this conversation. We'll be right back. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. Something's a good idea. You shouldn't have to force people to do that. In studio with me is Republican gubernatorial candidate uh, Greg Lopez, his communications director, Laura Hyatt, and his chaplain and special advisor, Max Garcia. Greg Lopez, um, you're out on the campaign trail. You've been out there for a while. Yes. And uh, what's... What are you? I, I am so concerned about what I'm seeing happening happening down at this legislature, and I think these people are acting like they will never lose an election again. And uh, we're going to talk about this uh, Senate Bill 22153 here in a moment. But let's talk big picture with you. Why are you running for uh, governor here? You know, Kim, I think what you're saying is absolutely correct. The people are under the gold dome. They truly believe they're the masters of the people, and they can dictate whatever we, how we live, how we think, how we raise our kids, 
every aspect of our life. And as I'm running out there and talking to people throughout the state, they're telling me we've had enough. You know, I'm running because I truly believe the people should have the power and the voice. We need to put people over politics all the time. And so I think that we need a governor that understands that there are 64 counties out there. And more importantly, that our quality of life is what we should be protecting. You know, not stifling our quality of life, not stifling our small business owners, not stifling our industries. And like you said, you know, it seems like Colorado's in a crisis in every aspect of our society. And we need to, we need to fix that. Greg, I've thought a lot about this on this quality of life uh, because I am concerned about it. I really want our next generation to have have at least what we've had. Mm -hmm. Typically, the American idea has been that we would pass something better onto the next generation. Right now, here in America, our generation is passing on a big IOU, less less freedom, and, and I've thought about quality of life, and it's what is it that makes this quality of life? And I think you alluded to that, and that is we the people being sovereign over our own lives, this idea of the American idea that all men are created equal with these rights from God of life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. That is the foundation of this quality of life. I think a lot of people out there are like, my quality of life, uh, I know, Laura, on your way in, you just uh, filled up with gas. I got a, a second mortgage and filled up my car the other day as well. Uh, the phones are getting harder and harder to get. They are harder, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're going to have the gas gas pump and same-day loans right next to it. Yeah. You know? Pawn shop. It's not funny, actually, but it is. Um, but all of this, it, it, it's um, people are realizing quality of life, something's changing but it's something, Laura, that I think has been percolating underneath the the um, um, underneath everything for quite some time. But now people are really starting to realize it. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Um, and and I think it's another way that we can be controlled too. I mean, the harder it is to have um, <laughs> freedom financially, the harder it is to to have a voice in in government. You're just trying else. to make ends meet. Right. I mean, we're talking about running this campaign, and and we're doing it on a on a tighter. You know, we have to tighten the belt every everywhere we can we mm-hmm. can find, um, because we're being so outspent on the other side. And as people are having to tighten the belt, I mean, it just makes it harder and harder. It just makes everything more more and more uh, tight and difficult. Mm-hmm. But yeah. but it can be overcome. It, it can be with hard work, and truth. Yeah. And truth. I think the truth is very important. And Max, I'm going to jump over here to you. You are the chaplain and special advisor to Greg Lopez. And uh, what do you have? (laughs) You just showed me a a meme that says, pretty excited. Our loan was approved. We're closing on a full tank of gas this weekend. It's funny. And it's not, Max. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And that was actually sent from my father in California, who's a governmental affairs specialist and public affairs worker who deals with the the political realm there. And so he's uh, attuned to what's been going on across the nation. I feel, uh, Max Garcia, that... Colorado down at the Golden Dome, they're, I think they're trying to out California, California with, uh, for example, this, this abortion bill that is working its way through the legislature right now. And apparently, uh, Governor Polis said he's going to sign this. It is one of the most radical abortion bills, not only in the country, but in the world. And as a pastor, as a chaplain, 
and I've thought a lot about this, we either making a choice. We're either a culture of life or death, right? Absolutely. And I think it's apparent uh, not only to us here in Colorado, but to strong believers, even conservatives that are not necessarily faith-based, but truly care about life in our nation. And it's a sad state of affairs because I believe they are taking steps uh, in light of the upcoming elections to get everything across the finish line that they can, knowing they're about to lose power. And I truly believe that. I believe uh, the men and women of God across this nation are taking a stand, and we will see uh, it flip here in November, not only in the gubernatorial seats across the nation, but in legislation as well. And I, and I think that their time is closing quickly, and they're doing everything they can uh, to set forth these laws that we know are really unconstitutional mm-hmm. and ungodly and flat-out evil. Mm-hmm. Well, when we talk about life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness, we, we look that we as adults are, it's inherent on us that we protect the vulnerable, uh, Greg Lopez. And that's why this, and I don't have the bill number with me right now, but it's that abortion bill that's, that's moving through. And I've got to think that almost anybody... Democrats, unaffiliated, Republicans, libertarians, when you actually think that here in Colorado, they are trying to put into law, this has been happening in Colorado. That's right. But uh, uh, abortion right up until the moment of birth, I mean, the cruelty of that, I can't even believe it. I've got to think most reasonable people don't understand that. And when they do, they're like, wait a minute. That's correct. Look. Kim, this is a true example of how we have lost our moral compass here in Colorado. When you have these types of bills that actually don't even acknowledge that life exists inside the womb, you know, that really gives you pause for concern as to what are we thinking here? You know, we all know that they all want to follow the science, right? But it's interesting how they want to ignore the science. One of the things that we need to do with this bill is you, if we're going to pass something like this, we need to take it to the vote of the people. We need to make sure that people fully understand what this bill is all about. You know, and they like to give this, uh, we're helping the vulnerable, we're helping ladies. This is not what it's about. It's really about redefining life. And this is the most precious thing. I'm a firm believer that every child is a gift of our Lord and Savior. And so when we talk about what they're doing in the legislature, again, like I said earlier, they truly believe they're the masters mm-hmm. of the people. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's th- let me think a little bit more about this because um, a vote of the people, I, I, that's interesting, but I'm, <laughs> what if the people voted yes on that? It, I, well, you know, and this is, remember, this is about us trying to have representative government. And so the best way for representative government is to have the people have their voices actually be heard. Now, I think, like you do and like Max said, I think the people, when they truly understand this bill, when they really understand what it's actually doing, I think the people of Colorado are going to rise up and say, no, this is not what America is all about. This is not how we treat uh the unborn the most vulnerable exactly you know and so is it going to be hard work because remember it's all about the sandbox and media is propaganda they're not necessarily giving us the entire truth so this is going to be for me 
anytime that there's a bill that is infringing on the quality of life or infringing on our individual rights as our constitution, we need to make sure people fully understand that this is a conversation we must have across the kitchen tables, not just in the Gold Dome. Okay, my concern as I'm thinking about this, and it's House Bill 22-1279, is uh, we've seen this machine. Right. So Planned Parenthood, that is their business. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, when, although they're getting into other things right. as well. But that has been their, quote-unquote, kind of their bread-and-butter business. And Planned Parenthood receives money from a federal government from different school districts for curriculum. In fact, uh, I was talking to a national uh, investigative journalist recently, and, and he said that he's doing research that basically that Planned Parenthood is writing the curriculum they are. in California, mm-hmm. which is very concerning. So I think my concern about a vote of the people is that... I think it's unconstitutional because we're not protecting the life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. And I just don't I don't, I don't think the people can vote a, a, against that. And, I would, and I'm, where I'm trying to circle this around is, you know, Planned Parenthood would come in and, uh, you know, talk about women, unplanned pregnancies. And so I think I'm kind of concerned about that, Greg. Well, you know, we have to look at this, right? Look at the options. We know this legislation. You and I know it's going to pass. The governor's already talking about he signing. He said going to sign. Yeah. It's, it's, in his mind, it's a done deal. He knows what the vote is going to be in the Senate. He always knows what the vote's going to be. And he'll have a big ceremony. He'll have this big you know, public announcement that he's going to sign it. And he'll have all kinds of people behind him. So if we can't stop it at the legislative uh, process, mm-hmm. the only real choices we have is a lawsuit, but yet when we go to the judges, and we know they're most most of them are liberal, you know, and they're gonna, they're no one's gonna stand forward on this. Mm-hmm. And so, what are our options? You know, really, we have to go back and say either we're not gonna follow this law, or we gotta make sure we convince the people that this is where we're gonna go. And here's the thing: if the people of Colorado decide to approve it, I can assure you there'll probably be a mass exodus out of Colorado from mm-hmm. people that say, you know what, that is not the state mm-hmm. that I want to be associated with, that is not the type of moral fabric that I would like to raise my children in. Mm-hmm. And so this is a battle between good and evil, mm-hmm. and we must stand tall. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, Greg, let's let's talk about the, um, oh, the argument regarding unplanned pregnancy. A woman uh, finds herself in that situation. She's afraid. Uh, doesn't think she can support the baby. Uh, How would you respond to that? Well, look, my little sister, when she was 15, she found herself pregnant. And she went through all those emotions. And so either families stand up to help one another or communities come in, the churches. We must support these women. You know, there's compassion. Yes, with compassion. Look, we must support them. We must hold their hands and let them know that, you know what, this is something that the Lord has decided. And, you know, Lisa and I, we are strong supporters of Save the Stork in Colorado Springs. Oh, I haven't heard of that. Yeah. So Save the Stork is an organization that helps young women go through these crises. And most importantly, they have those ultrasound vans Uh that allow someone to come in, right, and actually see and hear the heartbeat, you know. And they park across the street from Planned Parenthood. And 
80% of the ladies that go in there choose not to go into Planned Parenthood. Well, in adoption, so many people would love to adopt a child. And so I, I, we've been painted as conservatives, as uncompassionate, right. when actually we need to, we want to we be compassionate both to the mother and to the, the child. And the other thing about abortion is it's not just the woman. It actually affects many, many people around that as well. And so, and, and I agree, government is not the answer on right. this. We as communities, we as families, we are the answers to this. And uh, gosh, Laura, since Roe v. Wade was passed, and did you know that Colorado passed abortion in 1967 mm -hmm. before Roe v. Yes. Wade? I mean, I we have that. been radical activists on this for a long time. Mm -hmm. And we think about it, 65 million children have been aborted that might have been somebody that could find the cure to cancer or yep. think about the music that we don't hear or the the stories that we're not we don't hear or the heroes we don't have yeah it breaks my heart it's it's horrible i mean you, you say that it's funny and i was just talking to greg about this but we wouldn't have had alexander hamilton his mom was a prostitute we wouldn't no. have had all of these great people that that you read about that didn't have a father growing up there's a lot there's a list um, of great historical figures that we'd be missing. Um, and I'm a mother of, of five. And I've actually known women who have gone through exactly what you're talking about, just like Greg's little sister. Um, children, it's it's the lie that, that is all the abortion laws are based on, and that is that children take away. They detract. I've gone to graduate school since children. I write grants. I work for Greg. I do all kinds of things because I care so much about the future for my kids. Mm -hmm. There are so many resources that are out there that people have, and you can't write laws, man-made laws, that conflict directly with natural law. It doesn't work. I mean, it, what eventually happens is the two will want to occupy the same space at the same time, and that just ends it doesn't horribly. Work. Yeah. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm right there with Greg. I think community support is huge. I think community support can happen. I think that the government can actually create an environment where there are incentives for community organizations and churches to support and help these young women through what is extraordinarily difficult. I know a lot of it is child care related and other things. Mm -hmm. Well, let's as well, the government incentivize those things and help with that. Well, uh, and on that, because I'm always this limited government girl, mm -hmm. instead of government incentives, what I think, hey, let's lower taxes, right. let's lower rules, let's lower regulations so everyday people have more money in their pocket. And the other thing about that is when government incentivizes, then they choose. But if people have more money in their pocket, They'll look at these different nonprofits, just like a business, and they'll say, you, nonprofit, are doing a great job, and because you are, I will, because I have more money in my pocket, support you. You, nonprofit over here, not so much. Even with Planned Parenthood, uh, I don't think they should be getting any government money. Now, if people are giving money to them and they know, their, you know, they know what that mission is and they want to give their money to that fine one other thing and that is <clears throat> now gosh it's going to go way too quick but that is we've been in this progressive movement for really since the right after the civil war yes right we go into woodrow wilson 
we start to tax income tax, where we start to tax people's hard work yep. and them taking risks and doing well. And then they come in and they say, but nonprofits aren't going to be taxed. And you see this this whole thing that it's morphed into Planned Parenthood's a nonprofit? Really? Right. I, don't, I don't think so. They get government money. And, and we need to get all this cleaned up. And so I, I guess to button up this particular segment, Greg Lopez is, I think, limited government, lower taxes, lower rules, regulations, Exactly. All that. Look, Kim, as governor, I'm going to pull back government. I'm going to pull government back so that the people, right, can have their quality of life like you were, we were talking earlier, right? they got to be able to control their own destiny. they got to be able to have hope and understanding of the future, right? Something to look forward to. Right now, every time you turn around, government is telling you again what to think, how to speak, how to raise your kids, what you can and can't do. That's not America. That is not America. And people are realizing it. They're stepping forward and running for office. I realize we need to go to break. Uh, in studio is Greg Lopez, candidate for governor on the Republican side, Laura Hyatt, his communications director, his chaplain and special advisor, Max Garcia. And uh, we'll go to break. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at 3pointsfinancial.com. That's 3pointsfinancial.com. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Americans Veteran Stories with Kim Munson, Sunday afternoons at 3, here on KLZ 560 AM and KLZ 100.7. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson.com as well in studio with me. Republican uh, candidate for governor, Greg Lopez, his uh, chaplain and advisor, Max Garcia, and communications director, Laura Hyatt. These conversations, as you all can tell, these are honest conversations about kicking the can or kicking the, the tires on these ideas. And Laura, regarding, as we're talking about helping women that find themselves in this situation that is very scary to them. And, uh, since I've been in this for so long, government incentives can mean different things to different people. And you wanted to clarify that just a little bit. Yeah, I, I actually agree much more with what you were saying. And by incentivization, I guess I didn't mean direct support from mm -hmm. the government to the organizations. I, I meant a loosening of tax and uh, regulation and other types of, of things that that restrict people's capability to support organizations. So I did. I did wanted to clarify that. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We've got <clears throat> seven minutes left. Greg Lopez, Senate Bill 22-153, Internal Election Security Measures. It is the sponsor. It's our Senator Stephen Fenberg, Democrat, and Representative Susan Lontine. 
says the bill increases, I love what they say, increases election security measures for the Secretary of State's office, election officials, and candidates for elected offices and voters. When we talk about they think that they won't ever lose another election, this bill would really make it difficult for we the people to watch what's going on it would make it very difficult for the county clerks who we elect to run our elections in our counties to do their job. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it's rather remarkable. And uh, I, I've talked a lot about election security. And if there was no there there here with, uh, as we're seeing this whole thing with uh, Tina Peters right. and some of these other county clerks, right. um, apparently... Uh, Clerk Peters has a forensic proof that 29,000 logs disappeared after Jenna Griswold's, quote-unquote, trusted build of the election machines. Now, if that didn't occur, I just think that uh, I think that the Secretary of State would say, hey, here's the proof. But instead, we're getting Senate Bill 22-153 that would constrict county clerks and everyday people from watching these elections. What's your thoughts, Greg Lopez? I totally agree with you. You you notice how they're not, the state is not even challenging the fact that files have been erased. They're totally not even addressing that. They're looking at something totally different, right? They're one of, it's like uh, smokes and mirrors. It's like, Mm -hmm. let's not talk about the files being erased. Let's talk about how it got exposed and how, (laughs) and how we're going to cover that up. You know, there are two other uh, clerk and recorders that have filed a lawsuit against uh, Secretary Jenna Griswold. One is out of Elbert County, where I live, mm-hmm. Dallas Schroeder. And here's what he did. And he's challenging the Secretary of State's office. He took a copy of the server. Okay, And it was a forensic copy, I think. Yes. yes. Okay. okay. Well, he just took a copy of it. Okay. He didn't open it. And then he took a copy after they did the trusted build. And he's saying, let's now open them. Let's see. If, in fact, there was, in Elbert County, Mm -hmm. if there was files erased during the trusted bill. Mm -hmm. And she's trying to stop that. She's trying to stop from saying, hey, we want to open them. He didn't violate any laws because he didn't expose anything. He didn't share anything with anybody. And yet she's trying to stop this. And this bill, you know, it's really, when you read it, it is scary because what it does, it allows the Secretary of State's office to actually sue our elected officials. I would like to see legislation that would hold the Secretary of State's office accountable if they erased files that are supposed to be preserved and protected by the federal law and also the state law. Mm-hmm. And yet there's nothing here that gets her hand slapped if she does something wrong. I hope the Republican Party and I hope the communities and the people realize this is going to, again, stifle our elections and we're going to lose even more faith in our election process than we've already had. And if we do that, we become a third world country. Uh, Greg, you're so right. I really think that this secretary of state race, as important as the governor's race is, and it is, but if we can't get that race right, it doesn't matter how many great people that we have run for office, uh, because with this, uh, I, I don't think that here in Colorado we could be assured as people that we are having free, fair, and honest elections. And that is the foundation to a free society. 
It is. You know what? And I just got notification, right? The Rio Grande, the commissioners in Rio Grande County, they voted two to one that they're not going to use an electronic election system. Really? Yes. They're not going to use it. They're going to have to pay the, the, the fees for leasing the equipment, but they're not going to use them. And so what did the Secretary of State's office do? They're threatening them. They're threatening them that they're going to lose millions of dollars and they could be sued by the state for not following the rules. Yet the legislation says you have a choice because, again, these elections are local at the county levels. That's why we have clerk and recorders. If all of a sudden the Secretary of State's office is going to dictate how all these elections work, then why do we need clerk and recorders? Think about that for a minute. Oh, that's a good point. You know, and so at the end of the day, we have faith in our local officials. It is clear that people are losing faith at our state levels because, again, the people in the Gold Dome are acting as masters. Mm -hmm. They're not acting as representatives. They're acting as masters of the people. And when you said earlier, people are starting to wake up. They're starting to ask the right questions. Why is this happening? How come the, they're doing these roadblocks? And so I encourage the Republican Party, I encourage everyone, we need to start looking at these bills. We need to start understanding them. I know that they're written in such a manner that a lot of people get confused. Mm-hmm. But ask your friends. Ask others. They can explain it to you. Because ultimately, if we don't have our – if we trust – like we're doing right now, blind trust with our elected officials, that's when we get into these types of problems. That's when we get into these very bad bills. Uh, This has gone so quickly. It's been so great to have all of you here. Uh, About 30 seconds, Laura, what's your final thought? Well, by either incompetence or malice, I think they've made such a mess of our elections, and uh, protecting the state is not the answer. I think more transparency is... Uh, Protecting the Secretary of State is not the answer, right. Protecting, allowing us to be a self-governing body of people in this country and letting us see what's happening, having transparency, having audits. I think that's where we need to be headed. Totally agree with you on that, Laura Hyatt. Uh, Max Garcia, your final thought. Absolutely. I think one thing is imperative, vital, integral, that not only the governor's race, the attorney general and the Secretary of State be taken back by conservative, constitutional, God-fearing individuals. With that, we can turn Colorado around, and we can see the change that's necessary to restore us to a great state that we were once at uh, many years ago when okay. Bill Owens and others were in charge. Okay. Max Garcia, thank you so much. And Greg Lopez, 30 seconds. Your final thought, how can people get more information? You know, Kim, this is our time to step up as people. We must get our government back and make sure that the people truly feel like they have a true representative government. I'm going to be the voice of the people. I'm going to make sure that people's voices are heard. I need everyone to go to Lopez2022.com, go to my website, make a donation. Like uh, we said earlier, we're fighting someone that can actually write a $23 million check out of his own bank account, which means he doesn't care what the people think. And so it's time. It's time for us to make Colorado a state we can all be proud of once again. Let's take Colorado back for Coloradans. So thanks so much for being in studio. My friends, our quote for the end of the day, excuse me, the end of the show is Samuel Adams. He said, if we suffer tamely a lawless attack upon our liberty, 
then we encourage it and involve others in our doom. So my friends today, be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you and God bless America. It's the Kim Munson Show, analyzing the most important story. Socialization of transportation, education, energy, housing, and water. What it means is, is that government controls it through rules and regulations. The latest in politics and world affairs. Under this guise of bipartisanship and nonpartisanship, it's actually tapped down the truth. Today's current opinions and ideas. On an equal field in the battle of ideas mistruths or misconceptions and it is getting us into a world of hurt is it freedom or is it force let's have a conversation indeed let's have a conversation and welcome to the kim munson show i am kim munson this is part two the second hour be sure and check out our website that is kim munson m-o-n-s-o-n.com sign up for our weekly newsletter there you can email me at kim at kim munson.com as well and thank you to all of you who support us I so greatly appreciate you. Uh, we did a great interview yesterday for our America's Veterans Stories show. Earl Ridgeway, producer Steve, it was a great interview. Earl was just a young Army soldier, GI, going on to the, the shores of Incheon in, um, in the uh, Korean War. A fascinating interview, producer Steve. Well, you know, on the full spectrum of uh, guests that we have for America's Veterans Story, We've had more than our share of World War II vets, which is an incredible blessing. And then we kind of hop over Korea and we go into Vietnam and then some of the other conflicts, you know, of the last few decades. It is very, you know, unique to be able to, uh, you know, talk to a guy who was in Korea. It is. And for some reason, it's been very difficult to book uh, Korean War veterans. And it's also called the Forgotten War. And I don't know if that's one of the reasons, but uh, it, it's, it's just a real treat. I would highly recommend that you tune in uh, this Sunday, 3 to 4 p.m. on KLZ 560. Uh, great hour, this first, the first hour. And in studio, Laura Hyatt, Greg Lopez's um, communications director, needed it to get out of here. She had other commu- um, uh, commitments. However, Greg Lopez, a uh, Republican candidate for governor, is in studio. You decided to stay. I and did. It's going to be a fascinating conversation with Molly <laughs> Hemingway, so great to have you. And your chaplain and advisor to the campaign, Max Garcia, uh, decided to stay as well, so it's great to have you. Thank you, Kim. It's kind of interesting how this whole thing, it's like you're watching the sausage get made here, Max. Absolutely. <laughs> Pretty spectacular. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, let's go to our quote for today. And it is Samuel Adams, and uh, he was born, let's see, was that the year before you were born or after? I can't remember, Steve. That was uh, 1722. Greg, you see what I deal with here? (laughs) She keeps you on your toes, I know. Then she wonders why her microphone doesn't work. (laughs) That has happened every once in a while. Sam Adams, he was born in 1722. He died in 1803. He was an American statesman, political philosopher, and one of the founding fathers of the United States. He was a politician in colonial Massachusetts, a leader of the movement that became the American Revolution, and one of the architects of the principles of American republicanism that shaped the political culture of the United States. He was a second cousin to his fellow founding father, President John Adams. And, uh, Greg, I'm going to ask you what you think about this. 
He said, it is no dishonor to be in a minority in the cause of liberty and virtue. You know, Kim, again, right? It, it's about the power of one. You know, if you stand with truth, and there's no shame in being in the minority. Because but it's hard. It is hard. You know, but this is where really people, we find out the character of an individual and their commitment and their passion. And now is this is the season, this is the time in history for all of those that have been wondering, what can I do? Stand for your values, stand for what you believe in, and let your voice be heard. And people are doing that. And I, Max, we were talking during uh, the break about this next election, and I get, or maybe it was on the air, that, that it looks, and we hear pun, uh, pundits talk about this red wave that is coming in November. And a couple of things on that, Max. First of all, as a team, you never get overconfident. And then I see what the Democrats are doing here down at the state legislature. They're acting like they'll never lose another election. And then we see this terrible uh, bill, which is Senate Bill 22153, which would make it uh, put into law. Now, I don't think constitutional because it takes away freedom of speech. That's right. But it puts into law very – it would make it more difficult for everyday people to watch what's going on in these elections, and it would constrain, it would tie the hands of duly elected uh, county clerks and recorders. And so when we see what's happening down at the state house, they're acting like they won't ever lose an election. We, the people, need to be watching what's going on here, Max. I think that's uh, absolutely the case. And uh, what we've been seeing across the nation, not just in Colorado, is uh, individuals, whether they're uh, Democrat or Republican or independent unaffiliated voters, uh, they are shifting uh, because they have seen what the uh, uh, cause and effect is mm-hmm. of the Democrats being in control, whether it be in Chicago or San Francisco or in New York or here in Colorado. Uh, to our detriment, we've allowed, as you mentioned earlier, decades to go by and we have not taken a stand as we ought to. And I think now is the time you're seeing people. I. The other day, I was thinking about something Brother Damien, who taught my ninth grade typing class at at Crespi Carmelite High School in Encino, California. We used to practice, and anybody who's taken typing, which I don't think they even offer anymore, (laughs) now is the time for all good men to come to the aid of their country, men and women alike. And I think it's happening. We're seeing it from both sides. I've seen liberals from California get to the light and just say no more. Okay. I, I, a friend of mine, and I won't mention his name, but he owns a insurance agency here in Colorado, quite prominent. And he said, Max, the older I get, the harder it's becoming to stay a Democrat. And I think that's the case. Okay. I think people are coming to that reality. Well, and Greg Lopez, I think we are moving beyond Democrat, Republican, right or left. I think that we are getting to the point of are we Americans, freedom-loving Americans, or not? I think that is really becoming the question. And this Democrat Party is no longer the Democrat Party of JFK. JFK lowered taxes. That's right. JFK said, ask not what my country can do for me, but what I can do for my country. Exactly. Uh, so, but I don't think it's DNR anymore, because I, I also am very concerned about big government Republicans, yes. who, who they still have, they just want to control things. Right. 
uh, I'm concerned about them looking at this, seeing this red wave, and like, I can get elected. So we, the people, have a responsibility to make sure that we are electing representatives that will represent we, the people, in this vision of America that all men are created equal with rights from God of life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. Your thoughts? Totally agree with you, Kim. Look, we've been trusting too much that we are listening to the sound bites. And I remind people, every candidate out there that is looking to be elected, they're actually applying for a job. And the boss is the people. So the people need to interview them. You need to ask the hard questions. You need to make sure that you truly understand who their character is, what they've done in the past, and that they qualified to actually represent you. And so we, the people, need to stand up and take our our country back, like we just said, right? That is the foundation of our of our nation. It's up to us to save it. It is. And uh, before we go to break, because we're going to be talking with Molly Hemingway regarding her book, Rigged, how the media, big tech, and the Democrats seized our elections. She doesn't say stolen. That's interesting right. in the title, seized. Uh, how can people get more information about you, Greg Lopez? You know, they can go to my website, lopez2022.com. You know, you'll find out about my background. You'll find out where I stand on the issues. And more importantly, how we're going to beat Governor Polis in November. Okay. And I want to make sure all of our listeners know that any candidate that reaches out to me, I will put them on the air because I think it's important that you, the listeners, get to hear that more of who they really are instead of just advertisements and sound bites. And uh, so I want to make that clear that any candidate that reaches out to me, I will find some time for them on the show. Uh, before we go to break and talk to Molly Hemingway, uh, just want to shout out to another great partner of the show, and that is Kirsch Insurance Group. They're specialists in the Medicare arena, and of course, government is involved in Medicare, and what that means, it's really complicated and difficult for everyday people to understand. So it's great for you to have Kirsch Insurance Group on your side of the table. It doesn't cost you anything. And if you even have a question regarding a Medicare bill or something, they, they will help you with that at no charge. And so be sure and check them out. It's ikirsch.com. That's I-K-I-R-S-C-H.com. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we'll uh, talk with Molly Hemingway about her very important book, Rigged. Stay tuned. Three Points Financial is a fiduciary financial planning company focused on helping individuals and families. Mary Alpers and Steve Cruz at Three Points Financial specialize in investment strategies, tax planning and preparation, and retirement planning with no product sales or commissions. Tax laws have changed and will continue to change. Inflation is real. Three Points Financial helps you maneuver through these changes to achieve your financial success. For clarity and a solid, relevant financial and investment plan, while working with a company that puts your interests at the forefront, schedule a no-obligation initial consultation at 3pointsfinancial.com. That's 3pointsfinancial.com. All of Kim's sponsors are an inclusive partnership with Kim and are not affiliated with or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the Kim Munson Show and grow your business, contact Kim at her website, KimMunson.com. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I am Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, you should not have to force people to do it. And my friends, socialism is not about free stuff. 
The free stuff is just the carrot to get you to vote for it. Social Socialism ultimately has to uh, come down to force. Uh, I am so excited about our next guest. Uh, Molly Hemingway, she is the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, which I think is uh, one of the finest um, uh, organizations out there regarding reporting uh, op-eds. And she's written a super important book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Molly Hemingway, welcome to the show. It's great to be here with you. Molly, uh, we have a lot of very interesting things happening out here in Colorado. In fact, there is a Senate bill that's working its way through the legislature right now uh, that would require uh, county clerks, everyday people that want to watch elections, they'd have to go through classes, certifications. Uh, it actually constricts freedom of speech if, if, say, if a county clerk was concerned about some election irregularities. It's rather remarkable what's happening out here in Colorado. Now, are you in Washington, D.C., Molly, or, or New York? I'm in Northern Virginia, right outside of Washington, D.C. Okay. So I don't know that you really watch what's happening out here in Colorado, but I do feel that we're at the tip of the spear here. Uh, it, uh, and with that, I wanted to talk with you about your chapter in your book, Rigged, about Zuckerberg should be in jail. So set this up for us, Molly. Well, first off, I just want to mention that I'm actually from Colorado, haven't lived there in a very long time, but uh, a native of the state, and I have many family who live there. So I do try to keep up a little bit with what's going on in Colorado, but you're, you're I don't even know if it's tip of the spear so much as many of the problems that we're experiencing nationwide with election integrity are things that Colorado has either battled over or dealt with for a very long period of time. It's good that people are waking up to some of the problems that we've seen as we have changed our election system um, or as we degrade the integrity of the system. And there are so many issues in play. Um, and that's what Riggs, the book I the book I wrote about the 2020 election, but really about this election integrity in general, is about. The part of the book that shocked me the most, part of research in the book that shocked me the most, was about outside funding of election systems and let me just take a step real quick back and say that there were many problems with 2020. First off, there were hundreds of changes to laws and processes to enable mail-in balloting to just flood the zone. And I know Colorado already has a lot of experience with that. Other states did not have so much experience with that. And it was just changing laws and processes, sometimes legally and constitutionally. The Constitution requires such changes to be run through the legislatures. Sometimes that happened. A lot of times it didn't happen. It was a coordinated effort to sort of degrade everything nationwide that was led by literally the same guy who ran the Russia collusion hoax. His name is Mark Elias. He personally like, wrote the check for, um, or you know, he authorized the, the, the funding of the secret dossier that the Hillary Clinton and DNC campaign ran the Russia hoax through in 2016. He also organized this effort to change all the laws. And then that's where this private funding came in, where private funding enabled left-wing activists to take over government election offices. There's always been a bright red line there. You know, there's, there's campaigns, which you know, people who are activists care about, and then there's like government administration of elections, which we've had for more than 150 years. But this enabled that bright line to be crossed with um, these private groups all tied to left-wing, 
extreme left-wing activist was enabled to come into the government election offices predominantly in the blue areas of gangsters. And Mark Zuckerberg controlled a lot of that funding, but there were other um, left-wing billionaires who also played a role in this. And when they took over these government election offices, they were able to do everything from to, to run the Democrat get-out-the-vote operation. They were doing different things in different places, but everything from designing ballots to translating ballots to marketing get-out-the-vote messaging to Democrat constituencies, securing ballots to counting ballots. Like, every part of the process was done by these people who are associated with these, again, far left-wing organizations. And when I got to that part, I just couldn't believe. I couldn't believe how much they've been able to do, how effective that strategy was. And because they targeted the blue areas of swing states, it actually affected the outcome of the presidential election, but also the control of the Senate as well. So out here in Colorado, Molly, what's happened is we've seen people on both sides of the aisle uh, Republican and Democrats say, nothing to see here in Colorado, nothing to see, move along, nothing to see. But I'm concerned that there is something to see. And as we're seeing things play out, I'm trying to connect the dots with uh, nothing to see, but then we're seeing this legislation, uh, ac- different activities that are occurring regarding some of the other candidates. And I'm thinking, if there's nothing to see here, if there's no there there, then why is there so much flack that's being put up on this? So I think that we do have a there there here in Mali, Does that, in, in Colorado, so, you know, Mali. You mentioned this legislation, and I think it's really interesting because by changing the way we vote, you know, if I could just talk really briefly about how historically we have had all sorts of fights about how we vote. I mean, we have been fighting about how we vote since before we were even a country. It used to be that you would go down in a public square and publicly say who you were voting for. But then people realized that that enabled corruption. You know, you owe someone money. They say if you vote for them, they'll forgive a portion of the debt. You know, it's not, it's not an effective way to decrease corruption. We slowly get to a more private system, and we end up getting, you know, we, we even had, had previously where political parties printed up the ballots themselves, and you took in the, the, the ballot for whichever political party you were with, and you just dropped it into the box. And again, that enabled a lot of corruption. And so we slowly moved to this system where we have one day of voting. Oh, I shall mention, we used to have voting that spread out over weeks and months. Um, and it was affecting outcomes of presidential elections because people could move from state to state for different voting days. And so we actually changed it to have, for the presidential election at least, one day of voting. And we move it to a private ballot in a central location administered by the government. So you go into a voting booth, you check your name off a list, or you can somehow prove your identity, um, and you cast a ballot in private so that no one, not your... Um, you know, not your brother, not your boss, not anyone can can say how you're supposed to be voting. And then what we've seen in the last few decades is just a move back to some of those less secure forms of voting. You know, people are voting at home where they can be manipulated by abusive spouses or by uh, colleagues or bosses or other people. You know, you have um, less integrity in terms of knowing who's voting. You can you can be registered to vote in multiple states across the country, you know, because people move all the time. And it just degrades the, the quality of everything. But as that happens, and as we move from one day of voting to, like, weeks or even months of voting, 
it's very difficult for people who want to oversee the integrity of the process to monitor it. You know, it used to be you'd have to find people to work as election judges and observers on election day. Well, now that election day is like two months, it's even harder. Mm-hmm. And then you see legislation like this that is intended to make it even harder still for people to um, for people to observe whether vote whether fraud is happening or other not. Mm-hmm. And the other, and Colorado's had mail-in ballots since I think 2013 or 14. We were the third in the country, and and one of the reasons that we've heard this argument now for needing private money in our, our public elections is because it's gotten so expensive. Well, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out if you are mailing a ballot out to anybody who's ever gotten a driver's license or had a pub, uh, any kind of a, a public. Um, or state service like Medicaid or something like that. If everybody gets a ballot, if you uh, registered to vote at one of the universities and then you've gone back to your state, but all those people were still mailing out uh, ballots on that, printing them, putting stamps on them. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out that's going to cost a lot of money, Molly. Well, it, it, I think also just expanding the length of time and all of these other issues associated with almost like um, – <laughs> The voting season has become such a big and expensive period of time that it's not surprising that people are complaining uh, about lack of funds. But um, you're absolutely right. This is like a big money thing. And if you're running it the way the Democrats basically figured out that mail-in balloting is their Democrat get-out-the-vote strategy, there's this issue where if you were to just do an election day, and, and deal with enthusiasm for Republicans or enthusiasm for Democrats. Frequently, Republicans actually win that issue. Democrats are not as enthused to vote for, for their people. You have a big machine that can sort of use months of lobbying time on each individual voter to get them to vote in the manner that you want. Um, it takes a lot of money, but it does work out quite effectively for Democratic. The, this whole like pre-election system enables Democrats to close the very real enthusiasm gap that they are frequently dealing with. That's pretty fascinating, the, the enthusiasm gap. Molly, before we go to break, uh, what I found interesting with the 2020 election is that the American people showed up. And from what I could tell, maybe blew through all of these, I don't know if algorithms is the right term, but uh, all, all of the things that had kind of been put in place to assure a Democrat victory. And so that's where we started to see some very unique anomalies in the 2020 election. It, it, would you say that's a correct assessment? Well, I just, I'm not sure exactly what you're getting at, but it was clear that, you know, even months after the election, I don't know if you read Time Magazine put out this amazing article where they admitted that there was a cabal of powerful people engaged in a conspiracy to control this election. And I was writing the book at the time, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they just admitted it to Time Magazine. It was a bunch of lefties admitting it to a lefty reporter. Um, And I think everybody sensed that's what was going on, and it was done in so many different ways. It was like I mentioned, the changing of all the laws and processes uh, to to enable a flooding the zone of mail-in ballots. It's private funding, tech companies with algorithms to suppress effective conservative voices and elevate effective lefty voices. Um, the tech companies then, and then the media, of course, being completely, completely corrupted and going from 
the mere bias that we saw and many people complained about for decades into outright propaganda, making up fake, completely fake stories about the candidate they didn't like and just, just burying the really important stories that hurt the candidates they favored. Most notably, the story of the Biden family corruption, um, Biden family business corruption, where they get money from powerful oligarchs and shady people in other countries or even government-affiliated groups uh, affiliated with the Communist Party of China. And then they get something in return related to Joe Biden's positions in government. That's an undoubtedly important story, and the media refused to cover it, and they, they went after people who did cover it. It is absolutely remarkable. Uh, we're talking with Molly Hemingway. In studio with me is uh, Greg Lopez. He is a Republican candidate for governor and his chaplain and uh, advisor, and that is Max Garcia. We're going to go to break. When we come back in the next segment with Molly, I want to talk with her about this segment or this chapter in her book, Zuckerberg Should Be in Jail. You won't want to miss it. Stay tuned. Home ownership and private property rights help you build wealth for you and your family. REMAX Alliance award-winning realtor Karen Levine understands this. Supply is super tight right now. This is why you need a seasoned professional with excellent negotiating skills on your side of the table, whether buying or selling an existing home or buying a new build. As a member of the National Association of Realtors Board of Directors, Karen Levine volunteers hours of her time to help you build your American dream. Call her today at 303-877-7516. Again, that's 303-877-7516. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on Kim's website, kimmunson.com. That's Kim, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N.com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter there. You can email me at Kim at KimMunson.com as well. Thank you to all of you who support us. We're an independent voice, and we search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus uh, freedom. I'm thrilled to have on the line with me Molly Hemingway. She is the editor-in-chief of The Federalist, which I think is one of the most respected uh, publications in the country. And uh, she's written a very important book, Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Uh, Molly, this chapter on Zuckerberg should be in jail is very relevant to Colorado. And I would like you to explain how Priscilla Chan, and, and uh, who is Zuckerberg's wife, and uh, Mark Zuckerberg, what they did to affect the election through these uh, a couple of different nonprofits. So when the cabal, as Time Magazine put it, the cabal of powerful people engaged in this conspiracy, they knew that their their whole plan was to run Democratic get-out-the-vote operations uh, through mail-in balloting elevation programs. But they needed more money to do it. They needed to kind of get in on the inside. And this is where the Chan Zuckerberg Initiative came in. That's named for Mark Zuckerberg and his wife, Priscilla Chan. They have a ton of money and they do a lot of left-wing things. And one of their key advisors is a top you know, Democrat, David Plouffe, who had kind of talked about the need to control outcomes in the blue areas of skin states. So they funneled, it ended up being $419 million through two left-wing groups. They're called the Center for Tech and Civic Life and the Center for Election, Innovation, and Research. The big one was Center for Tech and Civic Life. And this is a group that sounds so 
night and nonpartisan, but it's led by three Democrats with a long history of activism. And the one of the founders is a woman named Kiana X. Johnson. She's a former Obama Foundation fellow. She worked on the quote-unquote voting rights project for the Lawyers Committee for Civil Rights, which is a left-wing advocacy group funded by um, the powerhouse foundations like George Soros's Open Society Foundation. And she partnered with two other left-wing activists, and they used to work at this thing called the New Organizing Institute, which the Washington Post described as the Democratic Party's Hogwarts for digital wizardry. I mean, these are Democratic activists, left-wing activists, who are laser-focused and obsessed on driving up votes for Democrat parties, um, the Democrat Party and their candidates. And people on the right used to call them the left new death star. I mean, they're, they're, they're scary uh, for, for a lot of people who are on the right. And then they started this CTCL, or they, they, yeah, they formed this, and they have no budget until 2020, and all of a sudden they get this infusion of cash from Zuckerberg, and they end up getting involved, again, in the blue areas of swing states all over the country. We're talking about, you know, $10 million for Philadelphia to switch Pennsylvania from being a Trump state to being a Biden state. They controlled five big cities in Wisconsin. That was a state that um, only came down to, like, 20,000 votes. And the, what they were doing was managing so much more than that in terms of vote outcomes. And they mostly focused on Georgia. That's where nearly, like, a, a disproportionate amount of money went. And we all know what happened in Georgia. It went from a solid Republican state into a narrow Democrat victory, not just for Biden, but they got two Senate seats out of it. So this was really effective, targeted funding, and they focused mostly on the blue areas of swing states. But they also, uh, you know, they, they funded nationwide. Okay, well, that brings us to something that uh, I just couldn't believe this as I connected this dot. And you said that there, these were founded by three Democrat activists. But what is unbelievable to me, Molly, and, and I've met this woman and I, I've asked her about it, but there is a candidate for Secretary of State here in Colorado, Republican, uh, who is actually on the board of directors of both of these organizations as the secretary. Were you aware of that, Molly? You know, I remember seeing something about Colorado ties. Is this someone who's with the, is she also with the National Vote at Home Institute or something like that? I don't know that for sure. Her name is Pam Anderson, and she is the secretary on the Center for Election Innovation and Research. And she's also the secretary on the board of directors for the Center for Tech and Civic Life. Although when I checked it just the other day, it said that she's on temporary leave. But this uh, this seems like, uh, I don't even know what to say about it, Molly. Well, I would just say that if you are planning to be Republican and you are affiliated with these groups, that gives you pretty much two options. One you're not really a Republican, and you are totally knowledgeable that these are um, Democrat activist organizations that are only pretending to be C3s. So you're either knowingly doing it or you're unwittingly doing it because you're not aware enough of how these things work or how Democrats are using you. And so probably neither thing is a good thing for a Republican person to be in that position, meaning either she knows she's part of the 
this Democrat effort. Well, she doesn't know. And if she doesn't know, then that's not really speaking to her political sensibilities. I don't know this person, so I'm... But if, if this person is involved with these things, that's that's not a good sign for a someone who's running as a Republican or someone who's running to take care of election integrity. Because these are the groups that did the most to harm election integrity throughout the country and really caused so much damage nationwide in terms of people's trust in elections or their confidence in outcomes. I mean, this is not, these are not good groups. They're, they're, they really did a lot of damage. Uh, and so with that, I, I've, and I don't know if you're watching the, the race out here, but uh, clearly we've got Jenna Griswold, who is the Democrat Secretary of State right now, who is, uh, is, uh, has not been talking at all about election integrity. And in fact, where there's any questions about election integrity or irregularities, uh, she's uh, trying to pass different rules and regulations and, and um, really squelch uh, we the people being able to ask questions and look at these elections. But then also we have uh, uh, this Pam Anderson who is on the board of these two organizations that we talked about, the Center for Election Innovation and Research as well as the Center for Tech and Civic Life uh, on the board of directors with these three Democrat uh, strategists that you mentioned, and, and Pam is a Republican candidate for Secretary of State. And then we have Mesa County Clerk and Recorder Tina Peters, who has been just really embattled by uh, uh, the Secretary of State. And uh, Tina Peters, uh, as the Mesa County Clerk and Recorder, uh, apparently because she it's her job to make sure that she's able to uh, present election records, uh, took a forensic uh, copy of the uh, voting machines before the trust to build, which Secretary of State Jenner Griswold did on all of the election machines here in Colorado, and an after. And interestingly, 29,000 logs disappeared from the before and after Molly. And so uh, Clerk Peters has thrown her hat in the ring for Secretary of State because she and she's a gold star mom and uh, she's uh, really put herself out there and she's she's really been attacked for this Molly so I'm not following the race enough to speak on any of these candidates but it's it's I hope people understand how important having a solid Secretary of State is for election integrity and we saw this really in 2020 when there were all sorts of questions about what had been done before the election, what was happening in terms of even certification of elections. And you need people who, uh, who understand how important this issue is and how important it is to run things in a, in a quality way. Um, and I'm not, you know, even on the issue of these actual, like the integrity of the systems that are used, I have a, this is not where I focus my research in my book, although, um, you know, I think that systems can be corrupted <laughs> just as easily if it's a, um, you know, a group of left-wing activists counting votes in Philadelphia or systems that aren't completely secure. But we have seen a lot of people not wanting there to be audits of you know, equipment or election systems or processes or obstructing those audits. Um, and that is not a good thing because people need to have trust in the system and they need to understand how things are going, whatever the system is that's being used. So Molly Hemingway, 
Uh, you've done done this, or written this very important book regarding 2020, looking to the future. And this is what I've heard from a lot of people is, oh, 2020, that's behind us. We just need to look at the future. But I've thought a lot about, you know, even a football team or a hockey team, they look at film the day after the game to try to figure out what what went well, what didn't, what we what we can improve. So I, I'm uncomfortable with this. Uh, we don't need to look at 2020. We just need to focus on election integrity in the future. But if we don't understand what happened, I'm not quite sure how we figure out what we do to fix it. Yeah, to me, you look at what happened precisely because you, you care about the future and because you want to make sure that we don't have really bad systems going forward or systems that people can't trust. And you can't I, I was so frustrated. This is not an issue that totally motivated me my whole life, but I was so frustrated how after 2020, you weren't allowed to say anything about the election. And, you know, don't forget from 2016 to 2020, the way that you made a name for yourself in Washington, D.C. was to claim that the 2016 election had been stolen. And it was this insane conspiracy theory. Donald Trump worked with the Russians to steal the election. It made no sense, and yet it was every paper, every media outlet that gave themselves solicitors for it. It was deranged, never mind that Democrats have failed to accept any presidential election they've lost, going back to, like, George H.W. Bush. And then, all of a sudden, 2020, weirdest election of our lifetime, reports all over the place of problems, and all of a sudden, you weren't allowed to talk about it. And that's why I, I knew I had to write the book and had to research it for myself, because I was just curious what happened. And then when I did research it and realized just how coordinated and widespread this effort was to control the outcome, I was I was shocked and I'm glad I researched it. Oh, I'm glad you did as well. I would highly recommend that people get the book. Uh, so Molly Hemingway, uh, what's your final thought you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Well, you know, a lot of people have cared about voting for a long time, but I think a lot of people on the right didn't care about it enough until the last couple of years. It's good that people are caring about it you don't have a country, if you don't have systems you, you trust in terms of free, fair, transparent voting. And so it's good that people are, are finally taking action, but just get involved, see what's happening, and make sure you're overseeing what's happening, not just on Election Day, which frankly, um, you know, it's, but, and Colorado gets this because of your mail-in balloting thing, but the month, all the months leading up. You really need to be there. Well, it is a lot of work, and that is why this Senate Bill 22153 out here in Colorado, which would try to limit we the people to watch what's happening in our election, should be a big red flag to each and every one of us. So, Molly Hemingway, thank you so much for joining us, and I really uh, would recommend the book Rigged, How the Media, Big Tech, and the Democrats Seized Our Elections. Molly, thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, and uh, we're going to go to break. Before we do that, though, another great sponsor of the show is Castlegate Knife and Tool, family-owned business located right here in Sedalia, Colorado. And uh, they have knives from the best blade makers from throughout the world. We're coming into wedding season, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Great place to get something, whether or not uh, your loved one is a chef or a collector or a sportsman. Castlegate Knife and Tool is the place for you. Greatly appreciate their partnership for both the shows. We're going to go to break. We're going to be taking your call-ins. And there's so much that you could call in about. Greg Lopez is in studio, as well as Max Garcia. Stay tuned. With the federal government printing money, it looks like inflation is on the horizon. That is why you should lock in a low rate now on your mortgage. Lauren Levy with Polygon Financial Group is here to help. Lauren works with a variety of lenders to assist you in finding the mortgage that is just right for you. 
Locking in a low rate now will save you thousands of dollars over the life of your loan. Don't procrastinate. Don't wait any longer. Call Lauren today at 303-880-8881. That's 303-880-8881. Would you have ever dreamed that freedom of speech, freedom of thought, freedom of assembly, and freedom of religion would be under assault and attack in America? Unbelievably, it is happening right before our eyes. That is why it is important to keep free-thinking, independent voices on the airwaves, the Internet, and social media. Kim Munson is one of those important voices. Help her keep independence alive. Go to KimMunson.com to contribute to join Kim in the battle of ideas raging in America today. That's Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. And welcome back to the Kim Munson Show. I'm Kim Munson. Be sure and check out our website. That is Kim Munson, M-O-N-S-O-N dot com. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can email me at Kim at Kim Munson dot com as well. And thank you to all of you who support us. We are an independent voice. We search for truth and clarity by looking at these issues through the lens of freedom versus force, force versus freedom. If something's a good idea, I'm going to sneeze here. And you don't, uh, hold on. Ah, okay. Uh, uh, you don't have to force people to do that. In studio with me is Greg Lopez. He is a Republican candidate for governor here in, in uh, Colorado, as well as his uh, advisor and, and chaplain to the campaign, and that is Max Garcia. Uh, we're taking call-ins. Uh, phone number is 303-477-5600. Our first caller is Johnny from Denver. Johnny, what's on your mind? Well, um, I heard Pam Anderson uh, on another show, and her explanation for being on this board is you have to have to have a seat at the table to influence anything, but she couldn't exactly say what she influenced uh, while being on this board. Um, that br- that brought up that question to me, and I've heard this said by you know a lot of minorities and blacks that we have to have a, a seat at the table, but what happens at that table and how you affect that table is more important than just your physical being at that table. Johnny, that is an excellent point because I've heard that as well. I've heard the saying that if you don't have a seat at the table, you're on the menu. But just being at the table uh, and not standing against what we, we what pa- Molly has uncovered happened there uh, concerns me so much. And I had actually uh, asked her as well, should we have public money or uh, private money and public uh uh, public elections, and I didn't feel that I got a real answer on that as well. So I, I'm concerned, very concerned about this connection. I appreciate the fact that you asked this question. This is Johnny. This is a delicate thing to have happen. Mm. Uh, when we have, we need to be honest about these candidates. And we all they talk about the Republican, you know, the circular firing squad, and we don't like to do that. However, we also have to make sure that we know who these candidates are. Any final thought, Johnny, before we uh, yeah. move on to the next caller? And also, with this moving around, um, I, I guess, the votes, from, you, you, you take the, the imaging, and then you take it again, and then there's 29,000 missing. Remember when we were trying to put, uh, get passed on the legislation about the limiting the, the abortion and... We lost that because, and we thought, like, well, maybe it wasn't our wording. Well, maybe it was. We had the right wording, but the machines were doing the choosing, not us. Johnny, 
I, I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So thanks so much right, for listening, and thanks so much for calling. I greatly appreciate it. Okay, and now we have Sandra from Loveland. Sandra, what's on your mind? Good morning, Kim. I an outstanding show with Greg and, and his um, his campaign folks there. Um, I wanted to just bring light to um, the most endangered species is that vulnerable baby in a mother's womb. And it's near and dear to my heart that, that someone thinks that they have the power to take that little spirit away. <clears throat> well, and Sandra, it is so crazy that right here in Colorado, down at the state house, uh, this legislation is moving its way through its Senate, excuse me, House Bill 1279, or House Bill 22, 1279. And uh, I hadn't really looked at it that way. The most endangered uh, species is the little child in the womb. And, and, and Margaret Sanger, who founded Planned Parenthood, uh, was a racist. And um, there's, no, there's no accident that many of these Planned Parenthood uh, facilities are in ethnic neighborhoods. And I remember one of my friends, uh, gosh, I, I better not attribute it, but a friend of mine who's black who said, that the most dangerous place for a black child to be right now is in the womb because so many young little black children are being aborted. Mm -hmm. And this is a tragedy, mm -hmm. Sandra, a tragedy. It is. And one more thing about Tina Peters and her courageous battle against the machine, literally and figuratively, um, that facts exist and have been revealed the truth matters. Tina's courage to bring this forth is, is exemplary. God bless you, Tina, and those who are standing with her. It, it is rather remarkable, Sandra, on what is happening. So I so appreciate you listening, and thank you so much for calling. Thank you. Okay. If you uh, have a comment, you can give us a call at 303-477-5600. Uh, Greg, you're out there uh, going across the state. Are you hearing some of these things as well? I am. You know, people are, specifically out in rural Colorado, they're saying, you know, we used to vote recognizing that the urban corridor would always outvote us because of the numbers. Now they're questioning not only that, but is my vote really even being counted correctly? And so we are seeing for the first time, Kim, in a long time, the, the uneasiness of voting because – they don't, they're not sure if it really matters anymore. And I hear that so much. I hear like, Greg, I don't even know if I want to vote because I don't know that it really matters. And it does matter. We must go out there and vote. We must continuously exercise that right because that's exactly what they want us to do is stop. But, you know, you got strong like what well, we're talking about, uh, Samuel Adams and his quote. Tina Peters is a great example of that minority voice out there fighting for what's true, and fighting for the exposure of what's going on. Regarding Tina and Greg, this is, this is me speaking, so anybody out there, I, I want to make sure that you know that this is, this is me. Think, and I've been watching this. And as we, when we talked with Molly about the 2020 election, nothing to see here, move along, nothing to see here, move along. And then we've seen the, the Colorado GOP has put in a committee or a board. 
regarding election integrity, but I don't see much coming out of that. And I tell you what, the, the Colorado Republicans should be all over this bill. And there should be all kinds of people down there fighting that. And we should have uh, Republicans, instead of co-sponsoring some of this terrible stuff, we had co Republicans co-sponsors on these uh, mental health behavioral bills for our children. There's at least six of them out there. And they're in where I could see, the, there was no, uh, no reference to parents. Whose kids are these? Are they our kids or, or are they the state? They seem to think it's theirs. But what I see happening here, because there was the big brouhaha that uh, the Colorado state chair came out and uh, suggested that Tina Peters should suspend her campaign since she was indicted. And, uh, and she was put in jail, I guess, was it last week, I yep, think? that's true. What was interesting is that she went to turn herself in, and her bail was set at 4 o'clock in the afternoon at a half million dollars cash bail. Now tell me, my friends, who is going to be able to raise a half million dollars cash bail within the snap of a fingers? So she ended up spending the night in jail. I think, again, this is all me, my opinion, as I'm trying to connect dots. I think that there were those that wanted to get her picture of her in the yellow jumpsuit uh, disheveled you know those typically mug shots are not your greatest uh, picture but the mug shot was actually the best mug, sh mug shot I've ever seen sure hair's done her makeup's on she's smiling like okay I, I get what's the next day another judge said this is this is doesn't make any sense reduce the bail to 25,000 and she's out then we have the press release uh, from the Republican side to ask her to suspend her um, her campaign were coming into assemblies. I think that what they're trying to do is to taint her. Uh, they're trying to get her to suspend her campaign so she's not running for office or also create so many questions that as people are voting and going through the assembly process and get to the state assembly that they're hoping to keep her off the ballot. She needs to get 30% of the delegate votes at the state convention to get onto the ballot. And there's not a lot of time because that is April 9th. And then uh, I talked with one of her advisors who said, we are excited to bring it on and get discovery. I think if they can keep her off the ballot, uh, then what's going to happen is I think the charges will be dropped. We won't have any discovery. And uh, we won't have uh, this movement towards understanding what happens in our elections so that we can move to free, fair, and honest elections. That's a crystal ball. I talked with some of my trusted advisors yesterday, said, is it okay if I go out on a limb and say this is what I think the dots might connect as? Uh, I could be totally wrong, my friends, but think about it today. So, Greg Lopez, so great to have you in studio. The, the time goes, it always, the one hour <laughs> used to go fast. Now the two hours goes right. very fast, correct? That's true. It does. It really does. And uh, how can people get more information about your campaign? You know, they can go to my website, lopez2022.com, find out all about my positions on the issues. And also, if you want to make a donation, go there as well. But, you know, like we were talking earlier, Kim, you know, the one thing about this, the whole thing with Tina Peters, I don't know how many people have actually read the re forensic report. Because if you read it, there's a lot of information in there. 
And you can find that, I think, at uh, Stanfordina. There's the, the reports, Mesa County 1, Mesa County 2, and then the U.S. Election Integrity Plan just uh, issued their canvassing report as well. It's great to have you here. Thank okay. you. And Max Garcia, uh, chaplain and advisor to the uh, Greg Lopez campaign, it's great to have you here as well. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. What a great opportunity. Okay, greatly appreciate it. My friends, there is much going on. And when we talk about it at the beginning of the show that you were made for this moment, you were made for this moment. And each and every one of us as Americans has to step forward. We have a responsibility to pass something good onto the next generation. And it started with Samuel Adams and uh, all of our founding fathers. They said, how about if we pass on freedom and liberty? And what freedom, what liberty is, is the responsible exercise of freedom. And they said, let's, pa- let's pass this on and see what happens. Well, when that happens, you got America everyday people thriving and flourishing. So my friends, our quote for the end of the day is Samuel Adams, and he said this. He said, if we suffer tamely a lawless attack upon our liberty, then we encourage it, that attack, and we involve others in our doom. So my friends, today be grateful, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. My friends, you are not alone. God bless you, and God bless America.